Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about random topics. I'm your host, Kev. And I'm Jack. And today we're going to continue with part two of our April music releases. So sticking on the West Coast and still kind of in the hip hop realm, but also a little more funk, a little more R&B is Anderson Pop. Ooh. One of your favorites. Yeah, this dude is easily top three for me right now. Just his voice, his beats and instrumentals are always on point to what sounds good to me. His energy. Energy is crazy. Plays the drums for his music. I mean, how would you describe his sound? Because I feel like it's very specific. And like once you know it, you know it. But for someone who doesn't know. Dude, it's like like if you put Travis Parker from Blink-182... <laughs> Mixed with some old school, like, soul singer with the bars of, like, a great old school West Coast rapper, like, Eazy-E or Ice Cube or something. Mm -hmm. If you make, like, a beautiful concoction, I think you get him. Album cover. I mean, being that you're the bigger fan, let's start with you. What did you think of it? Uh... Yeah, I'm leaning, like, on the light con, because it does fit the music, and it's, like, super personal, and it ties into, like, his projects. This one's called Ventura, which is, like, a place near and dear to his heart. His last project was Oxnard, which is where he's from, where he grew up, and this cover, which is, looks like a film photo, kind of, like, taped mm -hmm. onto... Almost uh, like a photo book page. Or yeah, something. like a photo book page with like handwriting. So like it kind of does go with what he's trying to do with this, but mm -hmm. it's not that visually appealing. Like it doesn't really do much for me. I won't even remember this like right. two months from now. If you ask me like, what does that album cover look like? I wouldn't even know what to tell you. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's super unmemorable mm -hmm. and... It feels like a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you were saying with the personal stuff, I get the intention behind it. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's that successful. Right. It's super bland in colors, which don't match up to his personality and energy yeah. and songs. She has like no seasoning on it. <laughs> also, the photo you mentioned in it is really small and people are already viewing this on small screens so you can't even tell what the picture really is and yeah like it's not even his face or anything <laughs> it's like him laying down you see maybe half of his face and like the back of someone's head yeah. which i believe is his son but yeah who would know that you know <laughs> right and there's so much empty space and yeah i just think it's a miss yeah definitely on the con side i mean it's not terrible terrible but i'd still give it a heavy con just because i want more from him yeah not even mad at you for that one so expectations i mean he's in your top three so but i think i should also bring up a little early about discography like you mentioned he just released this other album back in what november yeah so this was a pretty quick turnaround so you are kind of a little extra grateful to get new music so fast but what do you think overall i don't know i'm like 
I'll lean towards Khan. Obviously, like I'm, I'm standing him right now. Like anything he gives me, like I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like, like I wasn't expecting it. I also like didn't ask for it. Like, <laughs> like let me want your music. Yeah. Um, give me, give me a chance. Damn. And I'm also still like bumping Oxnard, like <laughs> right. his last album. I'm still not over it, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to like. It's like you didn't give it enough time. Yeah. As an artist, for you to let your so now I have like freaking over thirty songs to like go through, <laughs> you know, which is like a good problem, but it's always better when you have like over a year to wait for music. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's good music, good work, fucking brings Andre three thousand to anything, and that's just gonna be fire. But light, light pro. What about you? To lead into my opinion, basically, I feel like when you're an artist who's so consistent. It can either be great because you're consistently giving people Mm. what they want and they're just always happy, but it can also be on the con side in that not even that it's bad or that it's repetitive, which it can go to that level too, but sometimes you just want something different. Different. It all like blends together. Right. Yeah. And for me, this album, it's not bad or anything and I would say overall, it's not even a con. Mm. But in terms of expectations, I'd put it as a light con yeah. because I would like to see him just try out some other stuff, mm. even though his style overall is pretty experimental. But mm-hmm. it's nothing that new from him. Right. And even with like the short amount of time right. in between projects, I wouldn't even be surprised if this were like the ones that kind of didn't make it right, to that like first the leftovers one. yeah so you got similar sounds but just different people different yeah. lyrics but yeah i guess that's what makes it less special too and what about like his discography overall especially for you i mean i don't really have a strong opinion myself yeah i'd put this last mm-hmm. which again sounds terrible it's not we just mentioned all the reasons why this wouldn't be up there. Oxnard, yeah. to me, is a super strong album. Just came out barely like six months ago. I'm still like holding on to it. Yeah. Um, so overall, for you? Very, very, very light pro. Yeah. So let's jump into Matt Martian's The Last Party. If you guys don't know Matt, he's part of the group The Internet, which mm-hmm. is California, LA-based r&b funk soul yeah very very moody sound and they also started kind of as a spin-off from odd future mm-hmm. like matt and sid the lead singer mm-hmm. were in odd future and they kind of branched out and now the internet is like five or six people most importantly steve lazy's part of it yes sir Another one of my top three. <laughs> Two of my top three have been mentioned right now. But, yeah. And there's even a Steve Lacey and Omar Apollo produced track on this project. Oh, my God. It's a lot. It's a lot. And this project overall, more than Matt's past work, because he also has a side project called The Jet Age of Tomorrow, which is a lot more experimental. But this is... One he put out under his name, Matt Martians, and 
it feels a lot more like the internet mm-hmm. in like, a good way yeah for sure like that influence is for sure like ingrained in him right now yeah even like the pace and like rhythm of it is just at that pace um, yeah which is kind of cool because i love that sound um, mm-hmm. but he does kind of use his different instrumentals i guess but yeah let's jump into a strong album cover what do you think when you first look at it strong i mean strong bro it's very strong i mean it's bright color of his <laughs> jacket and it's like this bright orange or brown jacket and hat and skin color also mm-hmm. against basically almost a completely white wall there's like a bag in the corner and stuff but yeah i mean it's not bad i feel like it matches up with the music mm-hmm. But also, maybe it could use a little more, like if it was against a more interesting wall Mm -hmm. as the background or some type of other environment that he's in. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I like the colors on him and his jacket and hat and stuff. Yeah, I'd give it a light, light pro. By strong, I was more (laughs) talking about his look in particular. Mm -hmm. It's like a trucker hat in a way very 1970s glasses and jacket in a way uh, and mustache mustache it's a whole look yeah um, he's taking it back yeah i mean that part i would give a pro <laughs> i would say overall it's a light con for what i mentioned in terms of the environment could be a little more interesting but i'm not mad at it though yeah and it's not even like the most like photogenic photo but he doesn't care like yeah <laughs> it's a mood yeah it's a mood it's all part of it it's a look you know I don't care about it. I'm Matt Martians, part of the internet. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, oh yeah, overall, like pro for sure. It is interesting how like with him and Gus and some of the others, how it's very just straight up portrait based, you know, this is me. So, I mean, expectations, I didn't have a ton myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard his solo stuff before and it's cool, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't like, anticipating it super heavily they didn't even announce it much in advance or anything so right not yet my expectations weren't that high either not in a bad way Mm. either just no yeah like i look more into his work with the internet right his personal stuff i do have it like on my library but i don't like bump it all that much but yeah um yeah i'd give it a, a a light pro I guess it's like more of my bedroom style of music Mm -hmm. where like I'd like to have that playing in the background like his style. It's like more chill. More R&B. More R&B-ish where like indie rock has that too but Less of your preference than the R&B. I like a little bit more soul in there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would say Light Pro also but with like the opposite like i'll lean more towards indie mm-hmm. but i still like this sound too and yeah i guess you can compare it to his other solo projects in terms of discography but i don't know i guess i'd put this in par with his other work i mean i would put it slightly above just because of like we said it's more similar to the internet and we like that sound and i would say i liked it more overall because of that Mm -hmm. and it's a sound that he helped create so yeah for sure and i would say overall for the project pro 
at Perlin. So we've been talking about all solo artists so far and all modern artists too. So for this one, let's take it back a little bit and also switch to a band. Hmm. We got the Cranberries. Not the best of fruits, <laughs> gotta say. Yeah, I mean, on that end, for sure. <laughs> the Strawberries, you know, that'd be my band. Strong. <laughs> I'm in there. <laughs> A new album coming soon. <laughs> we'll review our own album. Hey. <laughs> for those who don't know, basically, the Cranberries are an iconic indie rock group out of Ireland who were pretty popular in the 90s especially. And they just put out an album after the lead singer had passed away a couple years ago. But before she died, they had actually been working on new music again, and she was really hoping to finish these songs. And the band members, with her family's approval, kept working on the songs after she passed. And... Yeah, they put out this final album of the group. And in terms of their sound, I mean, to me, it's pretty quintessential indie rock sound, especially from the 90s. What would you say as someone who's not as familiar with them? Yeah, you hit it that center right there. Like, it's that indie rock that you're thinking of. Like, anytime I hear the words indie yeah like indie rock yeah this is what i picture like Mm -hmm. this is them and if you pull out that thesaurus bro (laughs) and you look up indie rock (laughs) the cranberries would be in there because they're just like that band that describes what indie rock is or what you think of when you think of indie rock Mm -hmm. yeah for sure if you're looking for examples if you're trying to refresh your memory Two of my favorites and two of their most popular are Linger and Dreams. Both are up there all time for me. Linger literally might be my favorite song of all time. Damn. (laughs) I wasn't ready for that one either, bro. That's strong. Yeah, and definitely a favorite band of mine and R.I.P. Dolores. But yeah, let's get into the album cover it's like these little basically kid versions of themselves Mm -hmm. on this kind of junkyard set with their instruments you know playing like a band and yeah it's kind of cool like the instruments they're holding they're kind of like i guess things you could have found at the junkyard to make a guitar they even have like a toy guitar but then everything else is like wood or just sticks and pieces of wood which is kind of dope and like yeah like trash cans um it's kind of like them doing it for fun which is kind of cool yeah Uh, trash cans for the drums it's one of the most alternative covers i've ever seen (laughs) which just kind of works but i like it it's dope it's also kind of interesting because the album is called in the end but it's Mm. showing them all as kids which i don't know the meaning behind that but At the least, it makes you think about what that is. And I feel like also a bonus category here is context. Because since it's an album that is being put out after 
Dolores, the lead singer, died. It has this kind of eerie nature to it, especially Mm. because it's called In the End, and a lot of the songs have to do with themes connected to that. And she died accidentally, and she was said to, at the time, after going through struggles to be finally moving towards a better place and in that direction but there's still this kind of eeriness and there was kind of a similar case with mac miller although he actually put out an album himself right before he died but it had a similar like eeriness afterwards especially with certain songs and certain lyrics Mm -hmm. but it still takes on that weight afterwards yeah it takes like a completely different meaning even if it wasn't intentional. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, in terms of expectations, I didn't really expect a ton because of the fact that I was just, you know, grateful to be getting this last kind of effort from her and these final vocals and lyrics that she had written and performed. So I feel like regardless, I was going to be just glad to have that as kind of like a final word from her Mm. and it was even more than i expected in that sense because it's also to me a strong project like i'd pro it overall and maybe even up there in terms of discography for one of their better albums maybe also because it has this extra meaning to it Mm. but I feel like also the replay value is so timeless because these themes that she's singing about are super timeless and are super applicable to anybody at any point in their life. Yeah, it goes with the type of music, like with alternative and indie rock. It's kind of like this timeless music Mm -hmm. where it's almost like a formula, like it just works well and could play at any time, anywhere, 20 years from now, and it'll still hold up. I mean, that's another thing, too. Compared to these other artists where these projects are just being released now, and while this album itself was just released now, the band been around since late 80s, early 90s, so Mm. there's a certain nostalgia to it, and they've also already proven their timelessness with their music. Yeah, for sure. I could probably agree with you on mostly everything. I'd for sure pro it. I wasn't expecting much from it. I didn't even know we were going to get new Cranberries music ever. Yeah. So it was kind of unexpected in terms of their discography. I'll just have to trust you with that one. I'm not like a super fan of them, but I am aware of them. Mm -hmm. But this seems like good, similar work to that. And I'm sure the super fans, like, fucking, I wouldn't say thrilled about it, but they're super happy that they got this. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just pro it overall. So, not too far from Ireland, we got Loyal Carner out Hmm. of the UK, England, London. My boy is a (laughs) lyricist, Yeah, to say the least. This boy got bars. (laughs) I mean, when you think of hip-hop in London now, most people would think of grime, you know, Skepta, etc. But Loyal is more of a throwback 
to kind of classic hip-hop mm-hmm. like beats and rhymes and that's it but it doesn't feel old it still feels modern and fresh i think partially because of the uk influence you know mm-hmm. i mean would you add anything else to in terms of his sound it's very chill too it's the chillest hip-hop rap music i've ever heard <laughs> i wouldn't often describe rap or hip-hop or any highly lyrical song as soothing but <laughs> this gets close because <laughs> this shit is smooth speaking of soothing i feel like when you're in the water you know you're usually <laughs> pretty relaxed hmm. but the album cover is him in the water and his hands up in the air and it basically connects to the album title which is called not waving but drowning and i've heard him talk about how it connects to like a poem where basically the concept is that people see someone in the water who's drowning but they think he's just waving so they wave back and kind of this you know duality between perceived happiness and sadness or struggle and all that that sounds like a loyal carter concept (laughs) (laughs) and there's also like a connection in it to his family but yeah we won't go super into that what do you think of the album cover itself it's really cool i mean it feels very uk Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know why i think it's like the colors is like super muted and i feel like again you know government and hollywood (laughs) brainwashes us to think that the uk is always gray and like yeah. muted and cloudy right and it kind of feels like that he's like swimming on very hudson uh <laughs> river looking waters <laughs> but yeah it gets the point across like mm-hmm. so yeah i'd give it a light pro like yeah. can't hate on it but nothing special but yeah, this is with that this is job in terms of expectations i mean you had you listened to him much before? I forget if I've showed you his stuff. Not really. Maybe like a video or two. Yeah, like a video or two, but wasn't like the biggest offense. Not in a bad way. Like not that I don't like it. It was just like, oh, cool. But never right. really like listened to it again. Yeah. But yeah, with this album, I guess he, he gained a fan. Um, mm-hmm. Shit is good. Like it's different. Like, you hear him rap, and I almost picture, like, a 90s video where, like, it's just a lot of black and white, super slow fade to blacks. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth. Like, he's preaching into the camera. Um, but I guess it, it goes into, like, the mood and location where, like, I don't know, like, I could listen to this, like, anytime I need some soothing in my ears like yeah <laughs> after a stressful day of work or some shit or right exactly. anything like you could just pop this on i don't know if you feel the same but that's definitely something i would do it's also something i found is great in the mornings as like the first mm. thing i pop on because it just eases you into the day you know or like maybe if you're like churning butter because you're trying to get it to that smoothness because this dude is up there or you know when you're making breakfast in the morning and taking butter to spread on the bread like (laughs) you know it's funny too you don't even know this because i know you're not super into him Mm. but he's big into cooking and he (laughs) 
And he has his own cooking school for ADHD kids. Damn, that's dope. Yeah. You know I'm all about the cooking. I brought yeah. it up on this show before. Like, food and cooking. Like, I'm all in, so. And kind of the idea behind that, we won't go too deep into it, but he grew up with ADHD, and he found that cooking was a way for him to, like, focus in wow. a certain way. And he's also been an advocate for that, that it's not a bad thing. It's just how you channel it, so. Damn, yeah. that's dope. Because his music is almost like the opposite of that shit. It's like he's making it purposely. <laughs> and also his name, it's from his own names being Coriolarner. And he flipped it because he would always say the opposite because of his ADHD. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah. Golf wang. That's crazy. <laughs> um, damn, that's dope. So in terms of discography, he put out an album prior, Yesterday's Gone, and another EP a little late. But I would say this by far is my favorite of his. It just feels like he took his style to a new level. Yeah, I don't really know his older projects, so this is for sure the best. <laughs> yeah, and I would say pro overall for sure. Very easy pro, yeah. And last but not least, we have Kevin Abstract, who most people probably know from Brockhampton. He put out a new solo album called arizona baby which is a follow-up to his last solo album american boyfriend which i really liked and this is the first solo album that him or anyone from brockhampton has put out since their big rise to fame or at least popularity which includes the saturation trilogy and iridescence and yeah, so this is his solo album since then. And yeah, so this is his new project. So, I mean, his sound is, what would you say? It's kind of like hip-hop with some alternative and also kind of experimental. Yeah, like, for sure hip-hop, but, like, dipped in every other genre there right. is out there. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Which I know that's what you mean by experimental, but yeah, you don't know what he's going to give you. He could give you like indie rock feels, but he can also go like moody, R&B, soulish, and even like gospel type, like church like feels to his songs. And and then take it back to straight parts. And then straight, yeah, off the top, you know, <laughs> hot hat. Um, oh yeah, he, he can do it all. So let's dive into the album cover, which basically is him, a pretty close-up portrait of, like, from the neck to the top of his head, and he's covered in either blood or some type of liquidy substance and cracking a pretty big smile. Big smile. I like the cover. I'd give it a pro. It is Kevin. It is his style. I feel like it's a similar style, color scheme that you see like in his videos or mm -hmm. any of his other projects. It's also on his face, on his grill, literally. Like his teeth are out there. If you guys know Kevin, he doesn't have the nicest teeth. Um, he's for sure not a toothpaste model. And he's for sure like not ashamed of that. It's like, here's who I am. Like, 
well take it i mean i don't know if i would say not ashamed in the sense of i feel like it's more about he's saying here's me mm. even with my flaws quote unquote right, right, right. not saying that it is a flaw but basically saying whether you perceive this as a flaw or not and mm. whether i perceive it as a flaw or not right this is me yeah it's like he's being vulnerable putting himself out there for like which the album mm-hmm. deals a lot with too right but yeah how do you you feel about it i mean i'm not mad at it i'm not crazy about it Mm -hmm. there was an alternate cover he put out where it was like this blue kind of almost collagey image that was somewhat similar but it was almost like this ripple effect with different shots of him and i like that version a lot better i mean that also actually connects to one thing we should bring up, which is that he released the album in three parts. He basically put out three the first week, three the second week, and five the final week to make up the whole thing, which was the decision I wasn't super crazy about. Like, I wasn't mad at it. I actually liked it in the moment in the sense of getting new music each week. But I don't know if it helped the album overall in the end. Although I don't think it like ruined it or anything, but I don't know how much it helped it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those like it either worked for him or it didn't, at least when it came to people and listening to it. Cause you can like hear the first three tracks and you're either feeling it or not. And I guess would you say is the album consistent with its sound? Well, that's the thing, too, because I feel like he's had really complete projects. And I think of him as this very well-thought-out artist. And there's something missing with this one. And I felt that when we got the full thing, and in the weeks that have passed since, he actually just put out somewhat recently an audio clip late at night one night on his website for the album and he took it down the next morning Mm. but it was basically for like those who are tuned in could hear it and he basically said that he is almost being forced to put out albums Uh oh because he signed a record deal along with Brockhampton to RCA and it's not necessarily that they're saying Kevin you have to put out an album in Q2 we need those sales I don't think at least it's like that but just generally that for them to complete their contract they have to put out x number of albums and it's not clear the difference in terms of how many group for solo and etc but regardless basically he feels that he's putting it out because he has to not because he's deciding right to at least fully which he even admits is going to lead to not complete thoughts or unfinished projects in that sense which is kind of weird to hear him say yeah i mean 
this album also talks a lot about him dealing with rising to fame and he even did this performance art piece recently called the 1999 which basically he ran on a treadmill for 10 hours in front of his childhood home in Corpus Christi, Texas. And it was like an idea given to him by Shia LaBeouf, who's one of his biggest inspirations. And tying that back to the fame element, he said in that audio clip that he felt like he had this moment with the Saturation Trilogy with Brockhampton that was like capturing lightning in a bottle. And he seems to really be struggling with trying to reach that again since. And I mean, I know that he has like so many ideas in him and so much magic, but he seems to feel this pressure on himself or going through something in some way. And it's really impacting him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you heard that story, kids. <laughs> Just don't sign contracts. <laughs> Which is something that we got into in an earlier episode where we talked about Kuko yeah. getting into a contract. And I know it does make sense. Depends on the situation. Sometimes you need the money up front. Sometimes it is better for you. Like You'll reach more. Uh, you'll expand. Um, right. But I mean, then, they said they were trying to become the biggest boy band in the world. So Yeah, sometimes you have goals like that. And right. In that case, a label would help. But then there's the other side, you know, which is this. You are not necessarily getting beaten or forced to drop something, but there's like this pressure that I'm sure you could work better without. Right. Just because you are under a label. And I'm sure he's protected because he's managed by Chris and Kelly Clancy, who, you know, from my knowledge, are the best managers you could have oh yeah they represent tyler solange mac like so many people and yeah i'm sure he has things in place that protect him but he also wants to fulfill his obligation i'm sure to the contract and get his money and etc and he also cares a lot about his fellow brockhampton members and wants to make sure he doesn't do anything himself to mess things up for them either so right but i mean let's go back to the album with that context now for everyone so expectations what was it like for you all right this this is hard for me to get into (laughs) it was more on the con side a little bit underwhelming to me this was like the make or break album when it comes to me being a fan of Kevin, which I guess I sort of am. I really do like his work as part of Brockhampton, mm-hmm. the group overall. Some of my favorite albums, Saturation, one through three, like mm-hmm. bangers and all of them. But when it comes to his solo work, I don't know that I'm all that into it, which I guess we can touch on American Boyfriend, his first album. Well, he put out this album called MTV 1987 before, Mm. but he's like taken it down from streaming services since then. Mm. So I think he kind of wants most people to think of American Boyfriend as his first album. 
so yeah, I won't use it, but maybe you can use it um, when you give your thoughts on his discography. But I guess I'll just do these two. Mm -hmm. um, I did like American Boyfriend better, even though it wasn't up there for me either. But there's some pretty fire tracks that I still listen to this day. To this day. To this day. Like Empty Echo and the I Do credits. Mm -hmm. Fire song. <laughs> like that song comes on and it's so dope. But other than that, I don't know that I can listen to the whole album. And in this Arizona Baby album, it's the same thing. Like, there's two or three songs that I can pop on every now and then. And depending on the mood and how I'm feeling. Like which ones? Like Georgia, Peach, and Baby Boy are decent tracks. A little bit moodier. So, you know. Also a little more R&B-ish. Yeah, R&B-ish. Which is probably why I like them. I mm -hmm. do tend to lean towards r&b soul type music but yeah other than that i would probably skip on it so yeah what about you and your expectations i was and still am a huge fan of american boyfriend and that album in itself to me was a huge step up from his previous work not that that was bad mm. but this was like really the full form of his vision at the time it released and this album, I think because I loved American Boyfriend so much, I was somewhat disappointed just because it had such a high, gigantic bar to reach. And it also connects to what I was saying before in that American Boyfriend felt like a really complete thought. Mm -hmm. And this album feels a little more sporadic mm -hmm. and a little bit more like a collection of songs compared to... Uh, fully cohesive album mm -hmm. but that being said i still like the album i mean there are some moments on it that give me feels of american boyfriend or at least certain tracks of it like crumble which is one of my favorite songs on the album reminds me in terms of the chords and feel of some of the songs on American Boyfriend, like Seventeen and Tattoo and etc. But there's also just some super hard tracks like Boyer and Big Wheels and Joyride. But yeah. So I would say overall, light pro for now. Like it's not as much of a pro as American Boyfriend, but I still like it. I'd give it a light con. Like it doesn't make me dislike Kev like... He puts anything out, I'm going to still give it a listen, but still on the disappointing side. So, yeah, I'll do right. like Khan. Fair. And that wraps up part two of April's music. Yeah, hope you guys liked this new experiment that we tried out. We might do it again, but it might just be one episode or, I don't know, we might not do it again. I mean, this month is looking pretty good for <laughs> releases, so... We might have to do it again for May. It's too much fire coming out, so <laughs> you might get one for May, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's go into pros and con of the week to wrap up the episode. Let me guess, I have the con this week, huh? Yeah, I believe that's correct. I'll start it off just so you could end it on a good note. <laughs> um, this week, and I guess you can say it's more like the last two weeks, but... I'm feeling it more this week. I've been working six days, picking up some shifts and helping out 
Some people had to leave, vacations. They need the bodies in there and starting to take a toll on me. Although some people could flip it and say, hey, it's more money though. So right. getting paid. <laughs> but you know what they say, dude. More cash is trash. <laughs> <laughs> or more money, more problems. You know, just because could get money but barely have time to sleep or do anything <laughs> else or record a podcast or <laughs> chill with friends or girlfriend time. But, yeah, just a lot of work. Luckily, it does get back to normal next week. But, yeah, no days off, as they say. <laughs> Well, on a more positive note for the pro of the week, I actually saw in concert two of the artists we talked about <laughs> last episode since we recorded that episode. One was Omar Apollo, who we talked about his EP Friends in part one of this episode. Future legend. He was great. And I also saw Roy Blair, who we brought up in terms of discussing jimmy somewhere's ep since jimmy has a somewhat similar style to roy yeah he's like a older jimmy somewhere (laughs) and yeah i actually saw both last year as well so it was dope to see them both grow both in audience and just as performers since then like roy especially he went from just performing songs to having a full-out show and omar is just his stage presence just keeps getting better and better damn that sounds dope so yeah that wraps it up you can find other cesspool shows on apple and spotify kevin and i actually do another podcast too called otani comes to america oh yeah that we did last year Mm -hmm. and it's about the baseball player Shohei Otani, and he's been injured, but he's finally playing again, so we're starting the podcast again, and we've brought it over to Cesspool, so search up Otani Comes to America in your podcast apps. Yeah, I know all you guys wanted more content, so <laughs> there it is. It's <laughs> happening. Follow us on social media at Cesspool Network, and I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. And we'll see you next week, where we'll actually be switching over to Wednesdays, by the way. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, my God. So many changes and additions. (laughs) All right. We out. Peace.